Hello. Welcome back to Playful Joy, a parenting podcast without the guilt. Um, Today I wanted to talk about the fact that um, kids don't just need predictable boundaries. They actually want them. They actually crave them. It makes them feel safe and loved and um, it makes their world predictable and that is safe. If you know how someone's going to react and respond to you, um, you'll just feel safer and calmer, happier. Um, I wanted to talk about this because I kind of thought that I've worked with children so long that there's some things I just take for granted. And I kind of always just thought that parents knew this and, and through my work with parents and children, I've realized that they they don't know that and they really don't realize how much giving in just once can set you back. So I remember um, telling a parent of a toddler that if you give in once, be prepared to be tested 50 more times just to get back to where you were before you gave in that one time. So maybe your child hadn't fully bought into the fact that you are you mean what you say. Like when I say, if you do that one more time, we're leaving, I mean it. And then if you say that and you don't do it, then you, you that's everything you say is going to be tested for a good while. <laughs> so, um, what made me think of this topic was, um, a field trip I was on with, it was two kindergarten classes and I was the teacher of one and there was a different teacher of the other. Um, and a boy was there and it was his mom and his stepdad and, um, he was having some behavior issues at school and you could tell that the same was happening at home, but they really wanted to help him. You could see that, you know, you could see the love for him and, and also their exasperation, their, you know, end of the rope stuff. So I was walking behind them just by chance and the stepdad said, something like, if you do that again, we're going to have to go home. We're going to take you home. We're going to leave the zoo. You'll have to leave the field trip and everyone else will still be here. You know, the whole thing. But what occurred to me was we took the bus there as a school. They were on the bus. They didn't have a separate vehicle there. So that consequence, whether, I don't know if the child knew that or not, but that's, you're not going to follow through with that. So you're just blowing smoke. Maybe he knows it. I know it. You know it. Why are you saying a consequence that can't be followed through on? So the first thing about consequences, about saying those things is make sure that you're willing to follow through on it. So if you're not willing for your child to miss Halloween, don't even say, if you keep acting like this, we're not going out trick-or-treating. Just don't say that you can say maybe like your behavior, you know, you're showing me that maybe you're not able to go out trick or treating tonight. Are you feeling too tired to go? Are you feeling too upset? Are you, you know, you can kind of, uh, kind of walk around it. Like, are we going to, you know, but if you just say we're not going is a very serious, that's a big consequence. So don't say that unless you're willing to follow through. And if you are, if your child's displaying behavior that, you know, it's unsafe. They're just hitting everyone and screaming and they can't go out for Halloween. Okay. That's your call, but don't say it unless you're willing to do it. Um, and so what happened at the zoo was, was a real, um, 
breakthrough, a real like eye opener for me. So that same boy, and we were sitting around having lunch and the kids were grabbing this willow tree and like hanging on it and ripping all its branches off. And I kind of don't like that. Climbing a tree is one thing, but just destroying it just to destroy it is kind of, I don't really like that kind of, I am kind of a respect nature kind of a person. So I had told my class to stop doing that, that you're ripping the tree's leaves off and that hurts the tree and the tree needs its leaves. Um, and so stop that or you'll have to move away from the tree. And that boy grabbed the tree and did it again. And I said, Oh, I just told my class that we're not doing that to the tree that hurts it. Um, you need to stop that. He did it again. So I said, if you don't stop that, you're gonna have to come sit right beside me. You're not allowed to sit with your friends anymore. He did it again. I was like, okay. So I said, come over here, sit by me. That's where you're sitting from now on. And he looked at me, came straight over right away. You'd think that he wouldn't want to come over to me because he wanted to sit with his mom and his stepdad. And that was his consequence. You'd think he wouldn't want that. He like ran over to me and gave me, sat on my lap and gave me a huge hug. So right there, he appreciated the fact that I did what I said. It was like a relief to him and you could see it in his body language, in his actions, everything. I didn't have a strong connection with this child, but he saw me as a teacher. He knew who I was, but I had never disciplined him before. So, you know, in a child who has been disciplined a lot, who sees adults as people who go through, you know, do what they say they're going to do, that's not the response you would get from a child like that. They would either stop it because they know you're going to follow through or they'd be more, you know, they might say, well, you're not my, you're not my teacher. Like they might kind of say, who are you to give me a consequence? Like they're more used to getting consequences from people that they're attached to. But, um, anyways, that's another topic (laughs) attachment. Um, but he, liked it. That's the, that's the main point there. He wanted me to follow through. He wants the adults in his life to do what they say so that he can feel safe. And I don't think most parents understand kind of how far they're setting themselves back, just giving in one time. Um, it also depends on the child. Um, my eldest is one where there's no gray area. There just can't be she, she doesn't understand it. It upsets her. It has to be black and white and there's just no going around that. I mean, if you, if you let it happen once, then it's allowed to happen always. And she just can't kind of understand that. Oh, we just, she actually, she is now, but when she was younger, she just couldn't wrap her head around why it was okay to do something one place when it wasn't okay to do that another place or another time or so. Like if it's always no treats after dinner, why don't you have to finish your dinner on an exciting night? Like Halloween, for example, you know, she can't understand that where I know that kids sometimes are just too excited to fully eat a meal and I would like them to before they're going to eat candy. But sometimes that's not realistic and we need to just let it go, go out trick or treating and try to get an apple in them on the way or something, um, or some healthy bedtime snacks but she can't understand that. So with her, you'd have to draw the hard line and be like, Kate, you need to finish up, eat some more healthy food before we leave, or you can't have any treats trick or treating. You know, it's just, that's the way she was. So if that's not your child, I understand that, but 
most young children need clear, predictable consequences. Um, yeah, if, and another thing to understand, if you do start doing this predictably all the time is that if you haven't been doing this, if you have been threatening, um, giving consequences that you're never going to follow through with. Um, my favorite is if you keep leaving your toys around, I'm going to throw them all away or I'm going to put them all in the basement, every single toy. I mean, maybe you're willing to do that. And if you are okay, if you think that'll work, yeah, you're the parent and you know your child best. Um, but I just hear that a lot and I don't, I've never seen any parent or heard of any parent actually doing that and, and actually putting the toys in the garbage can, actually putting, giving the toys to another child. So that's not a consequence you're going to follow through with. So just don't say it. And I know we all say things in the heat of the moment. So that happens. Um, maybe something better would be like toys that are left on the floor after cleanup time at the end of the day are going to be put in a cupboard for a day or a week, depending on the age of your child. Um, that's, that's makes sense. Like you left your toys where it's dangerous for me to walk around in the evening when it's dark. So they are put in, you know, they're taken away for a bit until you can learn to treat them with respect and, um, yeah. And be thinking of other people who also live here who have to walk around. Um, but yeah, if you haven't been doing that, if you haven't been following through, they have to test the line. They have to see if you're going to do it. So you followed through today. That means nothing like good for you, but it means you're wanting to do things to help your, um, child and your parenting relationship with them. But it means nothing to the child. That means you did it one time. They need that to be always, or they just can't trust it. Um, so if you start following through and meaning what you say every time and it doesn't seem to be working, give it, give it a month because they just can't trust it until it's every time, all the time. And you don't ever go back on it. And if you slip up, fine, that's okay. Mistakes are made, but then expect to be, te to, to take another, you know, depending on your child extended period of time. Like it's, you start back from zero. You gave in once. Okay. Now you're back to zero and you've got 50 more times to prove to them that that's how it's going to be from now on. Um, so I wanted to talk about this one, two, three magic. Um, it's a book, which I didn't know. I came across it as a teacher. Um, and it was a, a photocopied sheet of paper that someone had passed on to me. So, um, I didn't look into it. I just read about it and I was told about it, um, by a principal and it had been adapted by that time. So anyways, the book, um, you can look it up if you want to read the whole entire book. Um, the way I was told to use it was with a student who couldn't, he had a really hard time not speaking out in class and his voice was one. And I always feel bad for these kids that just cuts through everyone else. So even if there's other kids talking around him, I could hear him talking and, um, so he was constantly getting in trouble for this. And she said, just to put one finger on his desk, that's like his one warning. 
and then another finger. And then at three, we had a conversation and we had a common understanding that if I did one, that was a warning. If I did two, that was a second warning. And if I got to three fingers on his desk, he had to move to the back table away from his friends um, until the next break. So until recess, until we broke for a movement break, until lunch, until whatever the next break in that academic day was. Um, So, and this worked with him quite well. Um, and I found it works well with my children as well. So here's the problem with the counting, which I'm sure some of you do. Maybe you're thinking of yourself right now. Um, the counting only works if there is a consequence at the end. So with that child, the consequence was he had to move away from his friends. He was in grade five. That's the logical consequence. If you're talking to your friends when I'm speaking and I, Um, and that's disrupting my teaching of the class and it's disrupting the learning of the others around you. Logical consequence. Um, if one, two, three is, if three is, we're leaving this birthday party. Okay. That's your consequence, but then you have to follow through on it. And here's the trick. You have to say that's a one and at three we're leaving this birthday party. So, you know, whatever they're doing, the consequence has to kind of fit with it. So like if they're acting out at a birthday party, they're being disrespectful to you, you know, you need to tell them what they're doing that is inappropriate and then tell them what happens at three. So, um, my, my children, I've used, um, at three, a toy goes on the fridge. So Um, that's what I'm trying to think of an example now. Okay. Trains are not for hitting with. (laughs) That's a one. Trains aren't for hitting with your sister at three. It goes on the fridge. So that one maybe is a bad example because I wouldn't want him to hit her again. So you have to expect that they're going to go to three. So, um, if whatever they're doing, they can't do again, like I don't want him to hit his sister again. Right. So, um, I'm trying to think of another example. If, um, if you don't want them to do the thing again, it has to jump straight to a two or a three. Um, like if this is, once this program is in place, hitting isn't something I would allow to happen again. So I would, that would be straight to a timeout or straight to toy on the fridge if that's the consequence. So I have a funny story of my like two and a half year old. I said, that's a one. And he said, what's at three? What's at three? (laughs) So, I, I said to myself, like, I feel like I'm, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh with this. He sounds like scared, but I think it was actually a good thing. It means he knew I was serious. He knew I wanted whatever behavior it was to stop. And he knew there was a consequence coming at three and he wanted to know what that was. Like, that's a completely valid question. And it meant that that was working for us. So whether or not this works for you is fine, but I find warning like um i'm trying to think of something not hitting but that's often what it is um you need to stop banging that toy on the table you're going to dent it how about that we have an ikea table (laughs) you need to stop banging that toy on the table it's you know it's press board you're gonna break you're gonna dent it um that's a one at three the toy goes on the fridge for until tomorrow. That's what I'll usually do. Take away the toy. Um, so counting only works if they have a clear understanding of what comes after three. 
you know, it could be a, it could be a timeout too. Um, that's a whole nother podcast timeouts, but if they need some time away, that's fine too. Um, logical consequences are best. So like if you're banging a toy on my table and it's going to break that it's going to leave a mark on the table, the logical consequence for me is to take away that toy. Um, if you spilled your milk on purpose at the table, which my son was doing, dumped your food on purpose at the table, um, you help clean it up. That's developmentally appropriate at any age, as long as you're helping them, right? At, at 10, at seven, at five, even they can clean up the milk probably mostly independently, but maybe they can't reach the paper towel. So you're going to have to clean. It's not just like, Oh, you spilled it, clean it up. You know, it's, you chose to spill your milk. You're going to help clean it up. I will help you get the paper towel, but you're going to wipe it up. Um, logical consequences are always best. Um, and they deserve to know what's going to happen. And when they know that a consequence is coming, they won't need to test you anymore. A one is usually enough for my daughter, my son often still pushes it to a three, but that's his personality. Um, that's his age and yeah, that's just how it is. Um, I have a funny story about my brother in this case. Um, my mom was on the phone. I was, he was probably four and I remember this clearly, which is funny because if he was four, I was probably seven, I think. So, but I remember, I think I just remember it because of the fear that ran through me. So he was bouncing a basketball or like a smaller basketball in the house. And my mom had said, stop bouncing the ball. Stop. I'm on the phone. Stop bouncing the ball. Stop bouncing the ball. I don't know how many times she said it. And then she got angry and she took the phone off her ear and said, if you bounce that ball one more time and nothing, not that she didn't finish her sentence he looked her straight in the eye and went bounce and i was so scared in that moment i knew he was in so much trouble my mom was going to be so mad and i just couldn't believe that he would even do that but i knew he was going to be in big shit for that but obviously he didn't because he felt a need to test her again. He didn't believe what she said for whatever reason. And yeah, she hung up the phone and he was straight to his room. He was in trouble. <laughs> she was really mad, but she didn't give him a consequence. Like she didn't say, if you bounce up all one more time, I'm taking it away for a week. Uh, you're going straight to your room while I'm on the phone until I'm off of the phone. You know, there was no logical consequence at the end of that sentence. So he kind of had every right to bounce the ball again he needed to know what was going to happen and she wasn't telling him and he didn't have the verbal, they don't have the verbal capacity to say, you know, tell me, finish your sentence. Right. So, and I mean, they just want your attention sometimes too. So that's fair. But yeah, I, I knew what was going to happen and I just remember being so scared. Um, so another parenting technique. So instead of one, one at three, logical, insert logical consequence here, and then a two and a three, um, is I say, pick up your toys. Then I say, pick up your toys, or I'm going to have to pick them up. And then they're going on the fridge until tomorrow or, um, in the morning with my daughter, get dressed, get dressed, get dressed. If 
I'm going in my room to get dressed and I'm going to get Caden dressed in there. If I come back into your room and you're not dressed, there's no Lego when you come home from school today. Something like that, right? That's not really a logical consequence, right? I don't, I can't, I still can't think of a logical consequence for if you're not doing what you're supposed to do in the morning routine to get us out the door on time. Um, yeah, if you think of one, um, (laughs) that would be very helpful. Um, and I would love to hear from you. I do have an email address. The podcast does it's playful joy podcast at gmail.com. So if you have a better morning routine consequence, that would be great. I would love to hear it, but so it's do this, do this or, and I think a lot of parents fall into the, excuse me, the trap of thinking that their child disrespects them when they don't do what they say. And uh, I mean, kids run on a different time clock. They, they have no feeling of we're going to be late. I know they hear us say it all the time, but they just, they're in their own space. They're in their own place. She's just waking up in the morning and she just, she is doing it. Um, but I do find that consequences help. So, you know, it could be if you're not dressed by the time I get back into this room, you won't have time to eat the breakfast that you like to eat in the morning, like oatmeal or eggs, because we will have run out of time. So you will have to eat a granola bar in the car on the way to school. Not the greatest. No one likes doing that, but I don't know sometimes. And that's logical, right? If you take too long getting dressed, you don't have time to eat a healthy breakfast. Happens to me. Um, So the or always comes second or sometimes third. Who am I kidding? Sometimes I say get dressed 18 times before I remember, oh yeah, I need to give her a consequence or she'll just keep goofing around in her room. So, um, and then they have a choice so they can do what you've asked or they cannot do it and get the consequence. And my daughter is famous for the, the, um, statement what if I don't, which is imagine that just imagine you said, put your, put your clothes on. I'm going to get your brother dressed and I'll be back. And if you're not get, or just get dressed. And then she looks you in the eye and says, what if I don't no emotion behind it? Just what if I don't, it sounds very disrespectful. It sounds like she's asking for a fight. Um, but I know my daughter and I don't know your child might be asking for a fight. They might be testing you, but she's just actually asking me what will happen if she doesn't do what I've asked. So she's like weighing her options, which I mean, okay. We all speed in our cars, most of us. And what if we do that? We know exactly what happens if we do that. We know exactly to the digit, how far over we can go, you know, one, (laughs) kilometer per hour, you know, we know what's going to get us an excessive speeding ticket and what's going to get us and how much those cost. We can look it up and then weigh our options and decide on our actions from there. And our children deserve the same. They, that's the world they're going to grow up in. That's the world that we're trying to get them ready for. And the world has consequences and they're usually logical and predictable. So, um, we know how fast we can go and we know what happens if we get caught and we still choose to do it sometimes. So 
why are we so surprised when they do the same? We're adults with um, completely developed brains and we still do these things and, and they don't. They don't have a developed brain and they choose to do these things and we're shocked and we want to, you know, we call them naughty or we make it this big story about how they they don't respect us and that's why they don't listen and they don't they're not listening well I, I don't know for lack of a better way to say it give them reason to listen give them a reason to do what you've asked and that reason doesn't always have to be a consequence that reason can be because it's good for you or you know have a bath because it keeps your body healthy I mean we explain all those things as well but um predictable logical consequences make children feel safe and it's it's one of the ways that that makes them feel loved and we don't do it on purpose as parents again no shame um and i'm not blaming it's it's just we're doing our best and sometimes just if you don't get in this car right now we're not going to the park it just (laughs) comes out after you've told them 10 times to get their shoes on it just happens so but knowing a better way and having other tools I think would help and um, I hope that it does so um, yeah I'd love to hear from you at playfuljoypodcast at gmail.com if you have questions if there's something you're struggling with with your children right now and um you'd like to hear my take on it that's the whole idea of this podcast came from my having friends ask me questions about their children and um giving them what I thought telling them what I thought about it and then having such great feedback from them like I never thought of that and I really never would have thought of it that way kind of oh this seeing this like aha moment in their eyes which I love seeing when I teach children just made me want to help maybe yeah just kind of get those conversations I have with my friends out to more people and hope that um it helps you to create a more positive and playful place a more playful home um yeah thanks so much for listening and see you next time